Hey, welcome to Her Restored Spirit Podcast. My name is Tammy, and today we are going to jump into the Enneagram again. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the Enneagram paths, because I think that there's some question about what the purpose is, and it's similar to the wings, is you have a direct path. There's there's a specific way that you go when you're in stress or when you're in health. And today I just want to talk about how they interact with each other and what the purpose of them are. So listen in. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Before I jump into talking about Enneagram Paths, I wanted to share one more time about this eight-week experience that's coming up. It's going to start the end of September, and I am super excited about it. So I finally named it. It's going to be called Her Restored Spirit, Broken to Breakthrough. And in this eight-week experience, it is similar to a course, but I'm not going to call it a course simply because there's more to it than that. There is a transformation process. There's It's not something that you just watch some slides, fill out some work, and everything's good to go. It is actually a a program that we're going to walk through together. We're going to look at your story, look at how you tell it. We're going to talk about the Enneagram and what fears actually have to do with keeping you stuck. What are your fears? Let's talk about that as well. And we're just going to navigate from where you are now. And we're going to talk about where you want to be. We're going to talk about what's possible for you. What's actually possible for you and What could happen if you would push yourself past the fears? If you allowed yourself to go from fearful and step into confidence? And it doesn't mean those fears go away, but they don't have to limit you anymore. So if you're interested, go to my website, sign up to get on my my mailing list. Starting next week, you're going to get insider information. I am keeping the group small. I want this to be an intimate experience. I'm keeping it small. It is new, even though I do really believe in the coursework. I really believe that if you want transformation, this is key for you. But I want to keep it small. And so I'm only going to open it for a short time, and there's only going to be a few spots available. So if you are interested at all, get onto my mailing list and be one of the first people to get information. I will tell you, I already have individuals, I already have some women who are looking forward to this and will be signing up as soon as it's open. 
And I'm just so excited about really what God can show you through this, how we can walk together and realize that fears don't have to limit us anymore. Our story doesn't have to limit us. We don't have to be lost. We don't have to be stuck, that there is more. You were made for more. You just have to grab it. And with that, let's jump into talking about the Enneagram. So if you listen to, I did three episodes a few months ago about the basics, just a high overview of the Enneagram. And I will put those in the show notes. If you haven't listened to them yet, you should go listen to them. Because over the next couple of weeks, we are going to talk specifically about paths. If you have seen the picture of the Enneagram, and if you haven't, go ahead to go to the website and you'll see the picture or just Google Enneagram and you'll see a similar picture. It's all about like circle with a bunch of lines and it looks kind of complicated. But once you dive into it, once you start to understand how it all works together, it really does bring light to why we do what we do. And so today we're going to specifically talk about the stress path. This is the easiest path to be on. This is the one we don't have to attempt. We don't have to try. We don't have to think about being on this path. This is where we go when we are unhealthy, when we are stressed out, when we are overwhelmed, when we're overworked, when we are not aligned with Christ. This is our normal. This is where we aren't. There's no happiness here in the stress path. There's no contentment because this is not where we were intended to stay. This is not where God wants us to be. But it's where we spend a lot of our time. And once you recognize it, once you start knowing what your stress path is, and you can recognize when you start to head that direction, that's when the power and the magic and the the real transformation happens because you get to decide You get to recognize it, and then you get to respond instead of react. You get to decide that that's not good enough for you, and you can look at what is causing this stress, and why am I acting like this, how I don't even want to act. So with the stress path, and I'll quickly give just an overview again of there's four paths on the Enneagram, and all the numbers are connected. And so first, we'll talk about the fact that you have a main number, which it's important that you know your main number. And if you don't, reach out to me and I can send you an assessment to help you find your main number. But you have your main number and then your paths are connected to that. And with that, you are a little bit of every number. All nine numbers are deep inside of you. It's just we have one core number. And then the paths are connected with that. And that's what all the lines are on the Enneagram symbol. So the stress path is the first path, and it's the easiest path to be on because it is easy to be stressed. I say that a little tongue in cheek because we know that being stressed is no fun, but it's easy to allow things to overwhelm us. The next is the blind spot path. So this is how we are with our closest friends and family. We're not quite to stress but we're maybe mildly stressed, mildly irritated, mildly overworked. This is if we are not actively growing, we may respond in ways that are catty or just 
Don't follow along with how we want to treat the people we're closest with. You hurt the ones you love, right? Well, in this path, you do. So then after that, there's the growth path. So this is our ideal path. This is the one we want to work on and we want to stay on a majority of the time. But this path is not easy to be on unless you're actively working to be on it. Because stress, again, stress is so easy. This is when we align with the Holy Spirit. This is when we are making choices to respond instead of just reacting to the things around us. This is when we are actively looking for ways to grow personally. This is when we treat others not based on our the negative traits that we have, but we actually overcome those and start to treat others with compassion and in a way they need to be treated instead of the way we need to treat them, if that makes sense. And then there's the converging path or the convergence path. And this is the ultimate enlightenment. This is not a path that we stay on. This is a path like I truly believe that when we get to heaven, we will be. We will meet this path. We will be here at this this ultimate state. This is when you are truly one with yourself and those around you and are congruent with God and how he's made you to be. This is when your weaknesses become your strengths and your strengths are so natural and so evident that they transcend stress. This is where you're most aligned. This is the most challenging path to be on, but this is really when you are your best self. So we'll talk more about each of these paths over the next couple of weeks, but today let's talk about stress path. Let's talk about what it means to be in stress. Being in stress is no fun. It is, well, I don't need to tell you, you know what it's like to be stressed and to get to the end of the day and you fought with your your spouse, with your kids, with your friends. You reacted you in ways that you know are wrong, but you can't help yourself. You're just reacting to the things around you. You're not really in control of your thoughts, of your choices. You're not really in control over what you do or what you think or who you are in the moment. And if we're not careful, this is where we can spend a lot of time. So let's just talk about the different numbers and I'm just gonna briefly touch on some of the things that you may experience, some of the things, what highlights per se. And if you want more information, please reach out to me because we can go in depth. But if I went in depth in each of these, we could be here for hours. So let's talk about the number one, the number one stress path. When they are in stress, when I'm in stress, we go to a number four, which is the romantic individualist. This is when you feel, well, with one, there's the core emotion is anger. And you feel guilty about being angry. So you have these outbursts, but then you regret it. You're kind of resentful about others making you angry. And you want to just release all of the all of the responsibilities. You just want to stop the inner critic from 
overwhelming your thoughts, that you go into a fantasy world. This is when you have fights with people in your head, arguments with people in your head that aren't even true. This is where you feel like no one gets why you're angry or you become so hypercritical of things around you that people don't want to be around you, that people avoid you. Fours are known for being deep in their emotions. And when a one who is in the gut triad goes deep into their emotions in an unhealthy way, that's when it gets dangerous. That's when it gets to the point where emotions will take over the logical, but in a way that you don't realize that it's not logical what you're talking about. And you have experience of melancholy or depression, and you don't know why. You don't realize that it's really the stress talking. So now the stress path of an Enneagram 2, they go to a type 8. I, type 8 is the char, the challenger. And type 2s who are known to be the supportive ones, who are known to want to help other people. Now all of a sudden in stress, their help becomes the only thing that the world needs. Whether they want it or not, they know the right way to go and they're going to become irritable and defensive if you don't want their help. And since they know the right way to help, it's your fault because you are not accepting it. They tend to manipulate others to get what they want when they're under stress. And blame problems on others, seeing issues as things that other people are causing and not seeing their part in it. A lot of times the twos may become confrontational and angry, but they don't know why. They don't know what's causing it. So now on to threes. Threes tend to go to the type nine, where they kind of fall asleep to themselves. They don't understand what they want. And so they get, they withdraw, they pull back, and they suddenly shut down. They become depressed, losing interest in things that they're used to. They're they're go-getters. They want to achieve. They want to accomplish. And then all of a sudden, they don't even have the drive to make goals, let alone achieve the goals that they make. And so you can kind of see them shut down. And you can see that that's they want to be left alone and not bothered rather than the the extroverts, the the people exciting people that they are, where they love being around people. Next are the fours. So fours are those, the individuals who are unique and they have deep personalities. Well, in a, in stress, they go to type two, where it's almost like they force themselves on you. They force the support. They force their ideas. They support they force and they defend their their hurt feelings because they still feel so deep. It's even deeper when they're in stress. And but they withdraw. They remove their attention and their their affection from those that they love. They 
they shut down, they tend to manipulate more often. They manipulate and create dependency through, like they make it so you you need them. Um, that's where the two comes in, where it's they need to fix things for you, whether you want it or not. And the codependency, they, they need you to need them. And they will use flattery and gain attention from others while still feeling that emptiness and loneliness and searching. And again, the stress path is not a healthy place to be. This is not somewhere where we want to be. This is not something that feels good. And the people around you notice that it's not healthy. They may not specifically say, oh, you're in stress or you're an unhealthy whatever, but you're not fun to be around. You're not your normal self. You're not your best self. So Enneagram fives, Enneagram fives, which I think is interesting, they go to an unhealthy type seven where they are racing around. Usually they're very methodical and they have thought through things and they've planned it and they know the research. And then all of a sudden they become stressed and they just react. They go towards the type seven where they become scattered and restless and hyperactive. They overbook their schedule, especially since they still need that extra energy boost. They still need that downtime to recharge But now they've overbooked their schedule. So not only are they just the normal energy drain, but they also experience the extra from doing extra. They become more talkative and impulsive. And they just, it seemed like they're completely out of character. They become a little more erratic. And they learn, they try to learn everything, but they can't focus on anything. So that's a a sign that a type five is in stress. Next is the type six, and they go to the unhealthy side of type three, where they arrogantly believe that they they alone can see the problems and fix and become the saviors. They alone know how everything's going to play out. They know alone that this is what needs to happen. They worry about their self-image and what other people might think of them. And so they overcompensate for that. And type six, anyway, they have this beautiful gift of being able to follow things through and see how things are going to end up and look at different case scenarios. But when they're unhealthy, it, they, it becomes this, a point of pride where they're the only ones who, can, who know what to do. And a lot of times they'll use charm and a likable persona to gain support, to rally people on their side, and to get what they want to manipulate, which you'll notice a a lot of the stress path, like everyone has their own form of manipulation because they get what they want because it feels better, because they think that they know best. And that's not just sixes. This is all the numbers. When they are, well, you know, when you're stressed, you're not acting in the most rational self. And so... Is type six who's anxious anyway becomes hyper anxious and they refuse to try something new because they don't want to fail because they don't want they don't know what's going to happen so they they don't want to try anything new and have new experiences and they try to avoid the feeling anxious and so a lot of times they go to substances or other ways of 
avoiding the anxious feeling. They try to mask their anxiety. They shut down because the anxiety has gotten too much for them. A type 7 Enneagram goes to a type 1, where all of a sudden their fun, free spirit gets very critical. They start to put limitations and restrictions on their life and those around them. They start to become more irritable and critical of themselves as well as what other people are doing. They kind of, they start to become perfectionists and they start becoming judgmental. And ones also, if they're not healthy, they already have this trait. So this is why a type seven, when they go towards a type one, it's even more harsh than a one. And they start to micromanage so that they're not feeling responsible for things. They want, it's other people's problems, other people's faults. And they start avoiding, avoiding situations, avoiding things that will make them start to feel deeply. They start avoiding um, and get upset when they can't experience fun or when people keep them from experiencing fun. In stress, the type eight goes to the type five. So they start to withdraw. So they become more secretive, more isolated, and they start to observe from afar rather than get up into the mix. Now the type eights who are the challengers, they thrive on intensity. And when they're in stress, they fall back to type five where they have to retreat in order to recharge. They need to step away because they don't have the energy to manage the day-to-day life. And so they, they lose their energy quick and at a quicker pace than other, other times. And they start to use their intellect to belittle others. They become the experts at whatever is going on. And they start, because it goes to type five, they have that need to know. And so they'll find the answers, but then they'll be very rigid in their interpretation of the answers. And they're starting to detach from emotion and use more logic and knowledge to fight their battles for them and remove that humanistic aspect of their personality. And then finally, we have the type nine. When they're in stress, they go to an unhealthy type six. And so with this, they become more anxious and worried. They start to plan and overplan and worst case scenario situations to death. They are unable to make a decision. So they, um, they become irritated. They, they become irritable. They become frustrated. They don't understand. They already have trouble understanding what they desire anyway or what they want in situations. And so then you add all of this information, all of the worst case scenarios on top of that, and they become paralyzed and can't make decisions. They fixate on the po- most like the worst, worst case scenario and fear that that's going to happen. And then they become reactive and defensive. Then they start getting stressed and a lot of times they'll start being forgetful, not only of the things that they know to be true, but also of things that are important. They'll start just to put it out of their mind, um, appointments or um, obligations or different things that they have going on, they'll they'll forget those and legitimately it'll be out of their mind and they didn't even realize it. 
And so as you can see, and well, next week is the blind spot path, so it's not going to be great either. But all of these numbers, all of these paths, and all of us, all of us humans, we have a negative side. We have a stress side. And I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to focus on on the negative aspects of the Enneagram. And a lot of times you learn that first because it's the easiest to notice. It's the easiest to see in ourselves and others is when things are not going as they should or as they could. And so the stress path, if you notice that you're stressing out, that you're not feeling great, that you are overworked or reacting in a way that you know that's not congruent, it's you do things and you're like, why did I do it? Chances are you're on the stress path or heading that direction. But the good news is you don't have to stay there. With one choice, with one decision, you can turn it around by noticing that's the first step. And we'll talk more about the process of changing the process of decisions. And that goes along with, we were talking about like ants and the cod and the fish, the the automatic negative thoughts and the um, crisis of the week and crisis of the day. Well, when you're in stress, you're focusing more on the crises in your life, the crises in your life, than you are the things that are going well. So start to notice if you start feeling stressful, if you start feeling stressed out or overwhelmed or overworked, or just you start responding in ways that you don't want to, take a deep breath and ask yourself that this really is the path you want to be on. So tune in next week, and we're going to start talking about the blind spot path. This is how we react to those closest to us. That This is how we react probably more often than we would like to admit. I know for me, it's I do... If I'm not careful, I know this is who my kids get. And so I have actively been working to stay out of the blind spot path and make sure that when I am in it, I notice it quickly. And so tune back in next week and we'll talk about the blind spot path. But before you go, please know that one of the best parts about the Enneagram is you start to identify your fears. You start because especially once you understand your stress path, you understand what's causing it, your fears that are behind it, then you can choose a different way. Then you can start to reclaim your confidence. You can start to respond in ways that you know is healthy, that may be hard. You have the confidence to step out and do what you know is right. And then you get to embrace your identity. And with embracing your identity, you get to choose your thoughts and your beliefs. And then you get to step into your purpose. The person that God created you to be. The mission that he set aside for you. When you're identifying your fears, reclaiming your confidence, embracing your identity, and stepping into your purpose, that is when you get to live with joy. I'll see you next week.